This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com. Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. He's Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, you guys. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here on a uh, on a stripped down version of the pod, I guess. Like no guest today, so this is um this is stripped down. This is this is all natural. If this is your first time listening, we are here to give you a break from all of the high resource five propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Had a big week this week. Southern Miss men's and women's basketball are in the postseason. We're going to talk about that. Conference USA kicked off for the baseball team, and they started it off with a road sweep. We're going to talk about that. Before we get to that, right now, you can go to festivalsouth.org, and you can vote for To The Top Talk for Best Local Podcast in this year's Best of the Pine Belt Awards. Jason, what do you think about that? I think it's a great idea if you go and you vote for the podcast because, number one, uh, there's not a whole lot of podcasts out there. And if you're listening to this one, uh, you should at least take the time to just go vote because it means uh, absolutely everything to me. <laughs> and um, and I want to win it. So get out there, vote, and um, keep voting every single day. Wake up in the morning, first thing you do, vote. Do it for Bump, folks. Do it for me. Also, we've got an announcement coming soon for this year's Last for Life. That is the big myeloma slash cancer benefit show that uh, I felt put on at the Sanger the past four years. This is year number four. Be expecting an announcement with the lineup coming soon. If you want to save the date, that's going to be August the 2nd. That's a Friday at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. All right, so as we alluded to, Southern Miss basketball in the conference tournament last week entered Frisco, a.k.a. the star, as a three seed and um, got it kicked off against the Marshall Thundering Herd with an 82-73 to victory last Thursday. You know, we kind of thought that um, that we'd be playing Marshall, uh, and, and, and we referenced it last week, but, you know, there was a couple players that we thought that we might have some trouble with. We at least I don't think anybody expected the fifty the fifty point beatdown again like we put on Marshall during the year. But um but yes we got Marshall um and we hung on for dear life. <laughs> you know? Uh that nine PM start time was kinda weird, but um but it started right on time, which doesn't happen a lot in tournaments, so that was good. Uh both teams were absolutely red hot in the first half. It reminded me a lot of an NBA game. I don't know about you, but it's just like I guess with the offense that D'Antoni runs and just the amount of threes that were being jacked up and then the amount of threes that people were connecting on was just crazy. Uh, somehow we had a 42-38 to 38 lead at the half. And um, it was just a very good game to watch, man. The, the stars showed out for both teams. Marshall's Elmore with 18, Williams with 22, Eagles led by Griffin with 23, 
Harper Baker 16 and Drain off the bench. Six of eight from three point range. Um, 20 total points. Dude cannot be stopped. And, uh, and Dominic McGee had it going. Four of eight from three point range. And get this for the game, both teams shot the ball extremely well. Marshall 46% from three, USM 53% from three point range, which is just insane. Um, lead changed hands eight times. And I thought the key really was, was Ladavius Drain. Uh, USM ended up with 32 points off the bench, 20 of them coming from one guy, Drain, and Marshall with 20. So that's a 12-point differential. And um, and in a nine-point game, that, that speaks volume. So it was really good to, to see the Golden Eagles get off on the right foot and get that win against Marshall. Then on Friday, the Golden Eagles move on to the semifinals to take on Western Kentucky. Fell to Western Kentucky for the third time this year, this time by a final score of 70-59. to I thought the game was really a lot more, a lot closer than that 11-point um, losing effort there. But the shots that were falling the night before weren't really falling as frequently. Um, on the next night, or the next afternoon, rather, um, and I thought some uncharacteristic turnovers kind of kind of doomed USM. Uh, everybody played as hard as they could play, but I know you and I were talking about this uh, earlier today. But Western Kentucky is just kind of a, a matchup nightmare for USM. I can't really explain it. Um, I don't know why uh, Hollingsworth just goes off against us. <laughs> he really doesn't do it the rest of the year. Um, and I think that USM can probably beat some teams that Western Kentucky can't. Uh, just with that matchup issue. So they got us. They've got our numbers. Um, Tyree Griffin did score 18 points. Cortez Edwards with 10. Um, they really shut down Ladavius Drain. Um, he, he was, uh, he was held only six shots and just made two of those, two of those three pointers. So, um, Griffin had a little bit of problem with the turnovers. And, uh, but you know, give Western Kentucky credit. They, uh, they play their game no matter what it is. And they seem to have our number. And, um, and I hope that, you know, I hope we can kind of get, get over that hump starting next year. Yeah, it seemed like they turned up the defensive pressure there at the end of the game and kind of shut us out in the final minutes. But like I said, valiant effort by the Eagles have certainly come a long way. The title ended up being won by Old Dominion, who moved on to the NCAA tournament. Also, this was after our show last week, but uh, for the all-conference teams, Tyree Griffin and Cortez Edwards were named to the second team all-conference, and Cortez Edwards also named to the all-defensive team. So kudos to those guys on that. So the Golden Eagles get into the CBI. This is the first postseason action in Doc Sadler's tender. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, that's March the 20th, we'll be taking on the Longwood Lancers out of Farmville, Virginia. As of right now, the Golden Eagles are 10.5-point favorites. And here's an interesting tidbit I saw on Twitter. Head coach Griff Aldridge tweeted this. Anonymous Donner has committed to donate funds in the amount of attendees to, at tomorrow's game. So basically, uh, Willett Hall, the, the place where they play, has a capacity of 1900 and all those tickets are already paid for. Huh. Well, so, that must be nice. Packed house. Yeah, absolutely. And so hosting in the CBI. Hosting in the CBI is determined by bid. And what that means is, you know... Whoever wants to host, put a, put an offer out there for it. I think it's to the tune of 50 thou if you host in the first or second rounds. If you make it past that, um, you don't have to pay to host, but the CBI gets all the gate. 
So that's kind of how that works itself out. So you have a school like a Longwood who not one of the most prominently known colleges. I'm not saying that we're, you know, this elite status school, but they have the opportunity to bring in a team that normally would not come to Longwood, you know, get them in a postseason tournament. Even though they're 15 and 17 on the year, this is an opportunity for them to, you know, get some, get some tournament, tournament experience to get a team that normally wouldn't come to their arena. So. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm like everybody else. I, I just start, I Googled, you know, I just start Googling Longwood to figure out who in the world they were, where they're located. Uh, then you see that record and you're like, what in the world? I think I text you and then you, you kind of, you kind of broke it down for me. And, and, Every 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 part of that, I don't like any of it, right? I, I do like that our players are getting to play a little bit more. And then as I looked at the at the at the bracket, you start to see some some identifiable names in here. Um, you look at teams like DePaul, teams like uh, Loyola Marymount from way back in the day, um, and UAB is in there. West Virginia, Coastal Carolina, Stony. So you know, there's some there's some identifiable schools that are in it, which it makes me like it a little bit more. Um, but this is one of those deals where if you get in it, you got to go just got to go make you, you got to make a run and you have to go ahead and win this thing. Uh, if you want to prove anybody wrong, th- th- those that that were talking about us possibly getting an NIT bid, um, you know, if you think that you have a leg to stand on in that argument, which I can probably shoot it down. But if you think you have a leg to stand on in that argument, then this tournament should be the one that you should go ahead and just run the table in my opinion. And then when you get to the very end of it, it's super weird with this thing, how it's a best of three series. It's not just a single game at the end. So I kind of like that too. So I like that our players are getting to play more. I like that we're doing something this time of year in basketball. Uh, I wish that it was the NIT, but it's not. And I think that's kind of our own, uh, to our own doing there. And, um, and if we're in this thing, we might as well go ahead and go win it. If you if you look at some of the teams that have played in these tournaments, uh, the CBI and uh, the CIT, you know those teams with that experience have gone on to do well in the NCAA tournament. So not only is this a reward for the seniors, but also some some great experience, some tournaments, some some you know postseason experience for some of these underclassmen that'll be guiding the program the next few years. I don't really have the expectation to win it, just because we're probably going to have to win every game on the road. And I'm sure this team seems like they would be motivated to play anybody, anytime. But at the same time, it doesn't quite have the same uh, stature as an NIT. And the other teams could be just as motivated, especially if they get us at their house. That being said, I don't expect us to lose this game, obviously. We're 10.5-point favorites. If you look at the net rating, um, Longwood out of the Big South Conference – Net of 291, RPI of 315. Meanwhile, we're sitting with an RPI of 92 and a net of 91. We have one common opponent on the year. That's Charlotte. Charlotte defeated Longwood 42 to 39. We defeated Charlotte 63 to 60. So if you're, if you're looking at it from the outside, obviously anything can happen as we've seen this season, uh, whenever you take the court, but should Golden Eagles should at least get through this first round. <laughs> the winner of this game will get to take on the winner of DePaul and Central Michigan. 
Right. So I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm kind of halfway filling it out as we're talking about it. So, uh, and just, I, I, look, I don't keep up with anybody else, but I'm just going to go ahead and put DePaul. That's a traditional power school. In fact, they were uh, former uh, conference mates. Uh, DePaul, back in, uh, DePaul's in Conference USA at one point. So that would be a cool semi storyline. And who are going to be playing? You'd have to think that, I don't know, let's just say Coastal Carolina wins that, and West Virginia beats Grand Canyon. So then the winner of USM DePaul would play probably West Virginia. So if that's USM versus West Virginia in our third game, that's pretty cool. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't think West Virginia is going to make it that far. I could be wrong. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, I mean, my wife would do better at picking out the teams, <laughs> I promise. Uh, but strictly from an optic standpoint, if it was game three, if it is in this lower level tournament, if you're at least playing somebody that has a name like West Virginia, that's, you know, a little better, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're still playing, so you got to be happy about that. You got to be happy yes. for these seniors that, that are getting this opportunity. Uh, the leading scorer and leading rebounder for the Lancers is Isaiah Walton. He's a guard, averaging 17.8 points per game, shooting 40, 43.7% from the field, also 6.5 rebounds per game. Now, the leader in assists, the point guard, averaging 3.7 assists per game, <laughs> Is Shabuti Phillips? <laughs> I couldn't even hold it in before you said it. If anyone and, uh, can get, if anyone can get a soundbite of Cox, John Cox, Coxy saying Shabuti <laughs> tomorrow night and pass it along to us, that would be most excellent. Yes, um, there's a whole lot that we could do with that drop, and uh, and that would be, and, and, and he's got to say it. So I think even he's looking forward to saying it. <laughs> so. Um, so another thing that another thing to look forward to. I might be looking forward to that more than the actual game. I just want to hear Coxie say Shabuti. <laughs> also, the Lady Eagles are in postseason play as well. They fell to North Texas in their first game of the conference tournament, forty-nine to forty-six, but finished the season seventeen and thirteen on the year. They're playing in the WBI, which will begin this Thursday. That's March the twenty-first. They are hosting Nickel State at 6 p.m. So if you're in the Hattiesburg area or within driving distance, come out, support the Lady Eagles this Thursday night at 6 p.m. All right, baseball. So like we alluded to at the front of the show, great weekend for the Golden Eagles. Started last week, though, didn't start off as well as we would have hoped, falling to Louisiana Lafayette on the road 6-5 to five in 12 innings. But like we said, the Golden Eagles bounced back and do what they do in most every sport when we're taking on Louisiana Tech. Beginning on Friday, March the 15th, Southern Miss defeated Louisiana Tech 12-9. to Yeah, and and outside of that one game you're talking about, I mean, don't look now, but I, I think if you would ask everyone how the season's going so far with USM baseball, people would be a little bit underwhelmed. But as of the last eight games, we've won – Seven of the last eight, including two consecutive weekend series sweeps over Holy Cross and Louisiana Technical. So um, that one loss, you know, in 12 innings, I think we threw like 12 pitchers that game. Yes, it's a loss. Um, but, you know, it's not like Ula Law is a total slouch or in the College World Series just a couple of years ago. Um, but it, it was <laughs> – my expectations for going into this last series with Louisiana Tech was, was um, you know, I, I was – Still hopeful, but when when that when the bats really haven't woke up as of yet, 
Uh, you were wondering how long the pitching could really carry us, and I thought that Louisiana Tech was pretty hot. They just had a, I believe they just beat Arkansas like the week before. We all know how good Arkansas was, so they had a squad. They were picked towards the top of the conference um, before the season by the coaches. And uh, and then we got the game one, and, and, and you know, you, you think to yourself, Walker Powell, been pretty much automatic all year. Well, first thing that happens is Walker only goes two innings pitch, right? <laughs> so that's not good, but USM battles back. Wins 12-9 to nine that game. Um, Southern missed with 12 runs on 14 hits. That's really laying the lumber there. Hunter Slater had himself a ball game with two home runs. Walser, Walner also hit a homer. Um, and welcome back, uh, Blaylock. Two for five, three RBIs. So shout out to Blaylock getting back. I don't know if he was just the key to everything. It sure looks like he's got something to do with it because uh, game two and um, and game three, we kind of kept the hit parade going. Um, and also uh, uh, J.C. Keys, J.C. Keys in that first game. He's come in a lot. You know, they, they talk about J.C. being the closer. J.C.'s not like you're coming in and get two outs closer. J.C. will come in and he'll pitch two innings. He'll pitch three innings. He'll do whatever. And um and when he's throwing strikes and he's throwing hard, um he is really tough to hit. Um he got his second save of the year, two innings pitched, zero runs, three Ks. So yeah, step in the right direction. And in front of a solid crowd too. I see where the crowd here is a little bit over two thousand, two thousand one hundred and thirty-nine at the Love Shack there in Ruston. So um good showing. I think there's a lot of Golden Eagle fans and um we got that they got that first win under our belt. That's about the same as a home crowd for football over there, so that's it's pretty comparable. <laughs> that's not untrue. Then on Saturday, March sixteenth, the Golden Eagles defeat the Bulldogs five to one. Yeah, four of the five runs scored by Sutter Miss come from the top three in the order. Uh, Montenegro scored two, and um, Eagles with a with a second consecutive fourteen hit game. Slater had himself a day again, three hits. Gidry, Horde, Walner, Blaylock, all two hits apiece. Slater, Walner, and Donaldson all doubled in the game. He left a lot of men on base, but that's better than like not getting them on, on base. You know, um, if you get a lot of hits, probably gonna have some people left on. You can't knock them all in. We proved that we could win a slugfest in game one, twelve to nine. Proved that we could win a. Uh, a lower scoring game uh, when really all of, in essence, like all we needed was two runs. We won the game five to one. Um, really jumped on the La Tech starter Robbins for seven hits and four runs and just two innings pitched. And uh, Stevie Powers looked good until he walked a couple guys, but a little over four innings pitched, four Ks, only uh, one run given up. Tweedy actually credited with the win on a two and two thirds inning pitch. So, again, um, kind of proved that we can win a different game. And, and it was nice to get that series win under our belt and just kind of be playing with house money on Sunday. Then on Sunday, March the 17th, the Golden Eagles defeat Louisiana Tech 10 to 5 to sweep the series. Yeah, 10-5 victory. Um another solid effort Sutter Miss as I was we just mentioned a little bit ago. Uh 14 hits the first game, 14 hits the second game, 12 more hits this game, so 14 plus 14 plus 12 is what? 40. 40 hits for the series. That's what Southern Miss baseball is all about. Montenegro, Guidry, Donaldson, McGillis, all two hits apiece. Bryant, Bowen, have yourself a day. Three for three, two runs, five RBIs, two walks. Guy was on base all day long, knocking people in. Um, one of those hits was a home run. Guidry also hit another homer. Uh, remember, Guidry is one of the guys who hit the home run in the game that never counted. Um 
And then um, Mason Strickland credited with the win. Actually came in in relief of Adam Jackson, but he kind of got back on track. Three innings pitch, one run, one walk, one K. That's typical. That's, that's like typical of what Strickland will do. Just come in, throw a bunch of strikes, and people make plays behind him. Uh, Ryan Ock with a first save of his Golden Eagle career, I believe. Uh, two innings pitch to close it out. So Scott Barry, you have to give this guy some serious. You talk about making adjustments. Um, I know we've talked about uh, the lineup at the beginning of the year and what are you going to do to protect Walner? And, you know, Gidry's a little banged up and and uh, and Blaylock was banged up. And, and how, what are you going to do? Are you going to start keys? You're going to do this and that. He has shook this lineup up until he kind of found something. And I guess if it if we start slumping again, he'll shake it up again until he finds something. So kudos to Barry uh, for 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 shaking up the lineup as many times as you can. And, and who knows? Maybe it was Blaylock, like we said. But um, it's good to see these guys finally start playing some Golden Eagle baseball. And 40 hits in a series is – is uh, if you can do that every weekend, you're going to win a lot of baseball games. The Golden Eagles are now 11-6 and on the season, 3-0 and in Conference USA. As of tonight, as of this recording tonight, they're taking on Louisiana Monroe and then this weekend hosting Old Dominion at the Pete. That is Friday, March the 22nd through Sunday, March the 24th. All right, let's touch on softball real quick. Uh, this past week, the Lady Eagles on Tuesday took on Alcorn State, defeating Alcorn State 7-2. to Then on Wednesday, defeating Alabama State 5 to nothing. Went on the road this weekend to FAU, falling in the first game three to one to the Owls, and then falling five to three in the second game. Then on Sunday, the Lady Eagles pull out a victory, winning two to nothing over FAU. Eagles are now fifteen and twelve on the season, two and four in Conference USA. Abby, Abby Trahan named Conference USA Pitcher of the Week this week. Tonight they are taking on the South Alabama Jaguars. At 6 p.m., which is about a few minutes away. <laughs> and then <laughs> they will be on the road at UTEP this weekend. All right. So, football. Southern is football. It's that time of year. It's time for spring practice. Spring practice kicked off today. That's Tuesday, March the 19th. Next week, on March the 25th, will be Southern Miss Pro Day for those NFL hopefuls. And then on Saturday, April the 13th, at 11.30 a.m., it will be the black and gold spring game. So we are right here in the mix for Golden Eagle football this spring. I'm kind of curious to see how a couple of things are going to play out. We really haven't – I've had these notes for the past few weeks, but we really had not had time to talk about it. So just touch on this real quick, the coaching staff, the shakeups on the coaching staff. I don't know that there was actually a, an official release – there may have been, but due to info released here and there, this is what the coaching staff looks like as of right now. So the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator is Buster Faulkner. Um, then you have the wide receivers coach slash co-offensive coordinator, Scotty Walden. Offensive line, Ryan Stanchek. Tight ends, Reed Stringer. Running backs, Chris Buckner. Then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got uh, defensive coordinator and safeties coach, Tim Billings. Linebackers coach and co-defensive coordinator Derek Nicholson, defensive line coach Chris Boone, on the cornerbacks Akeem Davis, and Paul Ganella is the recruiting coordinator. So in one note about the coaching staff, uh, one of our GAs the past two seasons, um, Brian Stork, 
who played for Florida State for the national championship and for the world championship uh, winning New England Patriots. He is the new tight, end, tight ends coach at East Tennessee State. So congratulations to him. He's been on the show before, and uh, I'm sure he's got a bright future ahead for him. So this coaching staff, a couple of things. The new offensive coordinator, Buster Faulkner. There was a lot of people that uh, were on both sides of the fence on Art Browse. It didn't happen. And in, in, in comes Buster Faulkner, who, by the way, I don't believe he called the plays at, at Arkansas State, but he did call them at Middle Tennessee State, where he was very successful. And what I've heard so far, everything has been good. <clears throat> Well, that's the big question, right? That, when, when everybody goes out to uh, to this open practice they're going to have or the spring game, <clears throat> that's what everybody's looking at. I mean, uh, anybody who watched Southern Miss games last year, you would like to think uh, defensively, um, hey, business as usual. Um, we're just going to keep on keep on rolling with the defense. Defense is fine. Defense is, is better than fine. Defense is outstanding. Um, what's the offense going to do? And um, – and <laughs> It's, I mean, Buster, he's going to have some weapons to work with. He's going to have some, some experience at the quarterback position. And, um, and, and, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see what you got. I mean, the expectations are high, uh, in Southern Miss football land. And I don't think they'll ever be, uh, anything but, you know, conference champion type of expectations. And with the defense playing like everybody thinks the defense is going to do, uh, that's a little bit of pressure, I think. Um, but that's what you want as a coach, and that's what you want as a fan base and as players. So we'll see what he's got. I, I, I can't wait. I, can, I hope that I get out there and I can tell uh, that there's a difference in what's going on offensively, and I hope that I see you know some guys out there flying around having fun and buying in. So it remains to be seen, but that's 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 kind of the key to this season is how's the offense gonna gonna stack up? I mean, are we gonna be better? And if we're going to be better, then our team's going to be better. So it's uh it's 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 time to it's time to strap him on and and go. So let's let's see what he's got. And we talked about it on the show. I mean, Shannon Dawson was certainly a serviceable offensive coordinator, but never really was a great fit here at Southern Miss, given the personnel, given the type of schemes he ran, and it just demeanor and personality sometimes. But and who knows how it's going to turn out with Buster Faulkner and Scotty Walden, but it just kind of feels different. And the, the strength coaches coming in, making strides there. You got some new coaches on certain parts of the offense, such as the offensive line. And let's see. So you got Faulkner, Walden, Stancheck, um, and I believe Buckner all have called plays at the college level at some point in their career. So you got guys with with coordinator experience. You got several guys with coordinator experience, and um, so that that hopefully that'll pay dividends in implementing this slightly different offense and uh, see what happens. Now, now to be fair, there's a lot more depth this year than we've had in quite some time. To be fair, because mm-hmm. if you have a little bit more stout of an offensive line last season, that's at least two two more wins. If not three, if you go to a bowl. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, not. I mean, everything you said is true. Um, we were seriously inexperienced going into last year. If you look at it just from that point of view, um, you know, we we were better at the end of the year than we were at the beginning of the year. So 
everybody made strides. Uh, but there's, there's, there's always just something, you know, you, you left scratching your head after Dawson game, after Dawson called games, you, you, we, we'd have 511 yards and you're thinking to yourself, what, how, how did we do it? <laughs> um, what, why did we not do this on third? You know, which is always going to happen, but I think everybody's ready for a change, probably even Dawson. Um, so we've got it. Uh, hey, do you know if Scotty and Buster have ever crossed paths? I mean, they're going to be working hand in hand now, offensive coordinator and co-offensive coordinator. And I would like to think before you made that hire that you made sure those two guys could get along. Um, have they ever crossed paths before? Did, did, did Walden's offense, when he was running it at that small school in college, does it kind of uh, look like Buster's offense when he was at middle? Do you have any idea? I'm sure there's some similarities, but – you know, I don't think they've crossed paths before, and I think there was an interview I read somewhere, maybe it was with Big Gold Nation, uh, where Buster Faulkner was talking about how much he, he, he liked the staff and how, you know, he thought, you know, Scotty was a young, you know, solid up-and-coming coach and, and how they were going to mesh together. So, you know, we had, you know, Tim Billings and Derek Nicholson last year on the defensive side of the ball, and that worked out pretty well. So That's true. If it's, That's true. You know, if it's an upgrade, I think it'll be a much needed upgrade. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out and not to get ahead of ourselves. I'm sure we'll have plenty of football to talk about this spring, but I actually haven't talked about it on the show is the 2019 Southern Miss football schedule. And we've got five home games this year because of the deal made with Mississippi State. So I'll just run down this line real quick. First game, August 31st, at home against Alcorn State. September 7th, on the road at Mississippi State. September 14th, on the road at Troy. September 21st, on the road at Alabama. Then we come back home on September 28th, take on UTEP. Back home, I think we get a bye the following week, and then we're back home again, taking on North Texas on October the 12th. On the road at Louisiana Tech on October 19th. On the road at Rice on October 26th. Back home against UAB on November 9th, and then on the road to, uh, on the road at UTSA on November 16th. I'm sorry, I got two more games. Then we're back home taking on Western Kentucky for the first time in Hattiesburg on November 23rd. And then we are on the road taking on Lane Kiffin's Fighting Owls at Florida Atlantic. November the 30th, that's right after Thanksgiving. So looking at that schedule, there are some challenging games on this schedule. And, and the conference is going to be tough. I mean, there's, it's, you, you got a lot of folks making their way to the top, but I think we are one of those teams. What I like about this is that there are no back to back home games. There's at least a week break in between games. So for the people that, from out of town that sometimes have to choose, okay, am I going to go this week or am I going to go next week? There's, there's, there's only five games this year at home and you got a nice break in between all of them. Also, you have some games that are pretty easy to travel to. You look at, you know, Mississippi State, Troy, Alabama, uh, Louisiana Tech. If you want to stretch to Houston, you, you can go to Rice. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities to watch Golden Eagle football this year. That away stretch in September is pretty rough at Mississippi State, at Troy, at Alabama. But you'll probably really start to find out what this team is made of and what they're capable of in that stretch. So, you know, and it could be a situation where you start 2-2, two and two, you know, or... I think 2-2 two and two would be ideal. 
Uh, well, ideal before now. <laughs> that would just be kind of like a dream world. But yeah, okay. Home at Alcorn, or home versus Alcorn, at State, at Troy, at Bama. So you kind of tell yourself you're going to beat Alcorn State. And then out of those next three, you know, two winnable games, in my yeah, opinion. I and, totally um, agree. And then one humongous payday. So, yes. <laughs> so home, road, 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 home, by home, road, road, home, road, home. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there is no back-to-back. It looks like there's a back-to-back, but there's a bye in the middle of there. So that's good. And I can't wait to get Western Kentucky at the Rock. It's been, it's gracious. been a long time coming. and, and I, I don't uh, think it's ever happened. They are due. Yet, no, it hasn't happened. And it was supposed to happen until they joined the conference. So we had a deal set up with them when they were in the Sun Belt. But then they joined Conference USA the year we were supposed to host them. So we had to scramble and, and move move things around to make that work. But – you know, I think it's a, I think it's going to be a challenging schedule, but at the same time, I think this is a, a schedule where you could get, you know, eight, nine wins are possible. I'm trying to figure out which ones I'm going to go to. I want to go to Troy. Never been to Troy. I'd like to go to Troy. Love to go to Tech. You got to go well, to Tech. <laughs> well, you, you can go. We'll go ahead and put that as a W. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and we'll probably be losing with like 14 seconds to go by three touchdowns and pull it out because Tech's going to Tech. Uh, at Rice, that's cool. Like 60,000 C Stadium, there'll be 700 people there. But it's neat. Houston's cool. Um, UAB at home, love that. At UTSA, uh, whatever. I like it. I like this schedule. I'm not going to Boca. I'm not going to San Antonio. But yeah, to Troy, to um, Ruston. That's that's my two games. That's my two games right there. I'm going to both of those. Write it down. All right, sounds good, man. Sounds good. I'm hoping I get some Boca Raton money at by, by that point. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jason, you asked a question on Twitter today. You received a response. Why don't you throw to some of the questions that we received from some of our Twitter followers? Okay, let's see here. Let me pull it up on the Twitter. Uh, so I just said, you know, recording to the top talk tonight, anything that you guys want to hear about? Um, let's see. Let's start it off with, uh, well, Basher. Basher, uh, Basher Green. He says the, uh, the weird decision not to have the spring game on a whole baseball weekend. Yeah. That's pretty weird, Basher. It's, um, I, I think that it's probably something to do with the weekend before the spring game. Uh, there's, uh, there's an open practice that people can come to and you can buy all of the, what's it called? The spring preview, I think. Yeah. Spring preview, spring on, preview. on the sixth. Yes. So you, you're going to be able to come that day. You're going to be able to watch the open practice. You're going to get to meet the players. Um, I think there's a baseball game. There's a volleyball game, a softball game. Maybe there's all kind of stuff going on that day and you'll be able to buy merchandise. So that's kind of that day. Uh, and maybe, the since you're already doing that the very next weekend it's nice to not have something to compete with like baseball is not in town so maybe more people come out to the spring game i don't know well i i think you know traditionally it's usually that third weekend in april um and there is a baseball series but that is easter weekend so i'm Mm. assuming they didn't want to have it on easter weekend they threw in the you know the practice the football practice for people to be able to come to during the time of the you know, during the time of a home baseball series. 
So that, that game on the 13th, it's just kind of like you didn't want to have push it back to the 27th, but you couldn't do it on the 20th. So the 13th um, gave you a good amount of time to, to get all the spring practices in. And, yeah, and you only get a certain number of practices too, right? And it kind of culminates with that game. Correct. So I guess it's just how it worked out. But I think it's kind of the best of both worlds with that spring. I'm looking forward to the spring preview more because I love going and buying all this old merchandise. Uh, last time they had one of those, I, I nearly broke the bank. So and it's not just football stuff. They'll have baseball stuff. They'll have uh, um, they'll have all kind of stuff. Um, they had cleats last time, for goodness sake. They, they had everything that you could buy. But anyway, hey, this, so that's, this is what I'm thinking about with that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go. My, it's it's uh, my wife's birthday that day, but um, yeah, you're out. One thing I was curious about is you know the the throwback gear from two years ago, the throwback unis that we wore from the '97 mm. team, and then you remember they had like the Vegas gold polos that the coaches wore. So I wonder if they'll have any of that stuff out there. Wow, well, color me intrigued. Yeah, I was but, thinking about uh, but, that. I was like, oh, you know, I was thinking about the jerseys the past few years, and I was like, those Batman jerseys are great. I mean, the Russell ones we had the second round, uh, I thought all of them were, were terrific. Yes, you know? absolutely. So, and then you got some of the, you know, baseball, basketball. There's, I think we 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 um, we we took care of a lot of the old uh, baseball and you know unis and the like at the at the previous two uniform sales. Yeah. But uh, there's some pretty good gear out there, I'm sure, from the past two years. So. That should be all right. All right. What's your next question? Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question will go to Reagan Grant. Uh, Reagan Grant, he asked to the top talk, uh, your thought on the commissioner of Conference USA not being able to get the second or third best team in the conference and NIT bid. And, you know, your, your, your guess is as good as mine. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I think we kind of did what we could do. With, with the pod system, I think this is just a year that it just wasn't going to work out. Um, it's, it, it, uh, it's, it's kind of concerning to think that like in the in years past, uh, we were kind of felt snubbed by not getting, um, not getting more teams into the big dance. And now all of a sudden it, it seems like there's not, like that's out of the question. We're just going to have a one bid. And and hopefully we'll get NIT bids, um, which nobody saw coming. If you're somebody like Western Kentucky, you might have played your way out of it with some games you should have won this year. Um, I know Southern missed it. We talked about it at, in the open. But for everybody saying, like, we're good enough to be there, yeah, we're good enough to be there now. But nobody in their right mind would would put Southern Miss in if you lost to somebody like a North Florida or a William Carey. And not only did we lose to one of them, we lost to both of them. So if you lose to one of them, you're not going to make it. If you lose to two, you have no shot. Is the team that we have right now good enough? Absolutely. Is the team that Western Kentucky has right now good enough? Absolutely. But it's an entire season, guys. They don't put out these rankings for nothing. So I think that would be the reason. I think that the pod or the bonus play, whatever you want to call it, did increase the RPI of the teams at the top. Just didn't we, we, we were too far down to start with. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I thought the bonus play was great. I mean, Southern Miss all the way up to 91 in net uh, is pretty tremendous. And uh, given you know where we were, and I think it helped all the all the teams in that top pod. It was definitely a big help. So I think that was a great idea. As far as the conference goes, I mean, what Conference USA has done since Mike Slive has moved on um, has been less than what you'd like to see. 
at the same time. Uh, and there's a lot of times that they could have done more for a team like a Southern Miss that was on the bubble two years in a row, had the highest RPI of, of teams left out. But uh, it's just kind of a milk toast administration in the conference. And, and I think that there's a lot of people that aren't happy with conference leadership. But to be fair, I think they did all they could do. We, I mean, we didn't really have anybody in position for an NIT bid except for the regular season conference champ, which just so happened to win the tournament championship as well. So if Western Kentucky beats them, then we have a team in the NCAA and in the NIT. But because they swept both of them, it's just what it was. And I don't think anybody really expected any of our teams to get an NIT invite, given the records and the um, net and the RPI and the like. It was just, we were just right there on the edge. Um, you know, hey, just got to take care of business next year, you know? Oh, and, absolutely. And two, I don't really want to say anything about Reagan because his lightning beat my coyotes last night. So uh, I don't really have much to say to Reagan Grant right now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, Glenn Glenn Robinson chimed in. Any news on the AD search? And also, why does La Tech even want to play us anymore? Uh, I'll start with that second part of that question. Uh, who knows? <laughs> no, it's hilarious. If you guys but, didn't but, see all the stuff that we posted on our social media this week, like I've been doing, I think it was like when we beat them this year in football, I, I looked for a picture of Carl Malone crying and found one. And I got Smitty. I was like, can you make me a uh, PNG file where I can just put this on any photo I want to put it on? So I will go get Louisiana Tech, whatever they post on their marketing page after the game that has the score of the game. I will take that, and I will take a picture of whoever is wearing a Louisiana Tech jersey or a coach, and I will put that crying Carl Malone head on it and (laughs) repost it. So for baseball this week, I did it Friday night, and then they didn't post any Post-game pictures Saturday or Sunday, so I just had to make some up. But uh, we've had a lot of fun with it. I mean, yeah, surely at some point they'll beat us in something, but it's it's comical. And, and I usually don't talk trash to other teams. I mean, I just, you know. But Louisiana Tech has some of the most arrogant, just out of touch with reality fans, and it's just hilarious to watch them crumble every time they play the Golden Eagles. The weird thing is I love having them in the conference, and not just because we beat them all the time. I love having somebody that's kind of like us. They're never going to be the rich guy. It's not a long drive. Uh, they got somewhat of a storied tradition football-wise, basketball-wise, and maybe coming on as of late with baseball. Um, but it's just hilarious how you just lose. You lose you time after time after time, and lots of times when we didn't even have the better team. They just – we didn't so much win it as they lost it, and – <laughs> and it's uh it's it's hilarious. So, but and as far as the first part of that question, um, where'd it go? Oh, any news on the AD search? Uh, nope. The the thing happened last night and um totally forgot about it. Didn't go. <laughs> so that was my bad. I had a bunch of questions I wanted to ask, but uh the little tour that Bennett's on, um, I I didn't make it. So Dr. Bennett is on a tour traveling around to some key stops where there are, is an alumni base around the region. Uh, I'm not sure when that finishes up, but the, the Hattiesburg meeting was last night. Neither one of us attended it. Um, had our names on the list. I totally forgot about it. and had some stuff come up with work, so I didn't get to go. Jason the same. So, But, but I've heard good things out of some of the things that Dr. Bennett has been talking about. I would expect, once this tour finishes up, I would expect for there to be an announcement 
pretty soon. I don't know how soon, but I wouldn't think that this is going to drag on forever. The job was posted on the website last week. So if you want to go apply to be the new director <laughs> of athletics at Southern Miss, you can go to usm.edu and check that out. Um, but I think, you know, the interims have done a terrific job given the circumstances and, uh, you know, so however long it takes, it's fine with me as long as we get the right regime in place. All right. Any more questions? Uh, let's see here real quick. Let me thumb through. Uh, Todd Wilson says, don't even get me started. Okay. I will not do that. We will not get you started. Uh, Colin Warren, let me know how the new negotiations with at bone Southern, I guess that's Southern bone and joint are going for our new football sponsorship agreement. Surely they won't be ruining our first down tradition again this year. Well, look, you just had to get used to it last year. <laughs> it took it took a it took like one and a half more seconds to say to the top. But you know what? If they want to pay us even more, I'll wait seven seconds. I don't care. We need that money rolling in. Um, so I don't know how those negotiations are going, but hopefully they're going great, and hopefully they pay us some more money. Hopefully awesome. we hopefully we can see, yeah it was a little annoying last year but on the flip side of that hopefully we can sell second third and fourth down as well as Coach Hobson's timeouts as well so if we can sell sponsorship for all those I, I will be more than pleased. Hey that was it but we just had a late one we just had a latecomer to the party Jenny Johansson Jenny Joe everybody loves Jenny Joe baseball fanatic uh, so we said recording to the top talk tonight anything y'all want to hear about and of course Jenny says there's a game tonight priorities. That is correct. And, uh, and I know exactly where she's sitting on that first baseline, that third baseline over there. And, uh, sure she's going to pull out a golden eagle victory tonight, but hey, we got to do this at some point. I'm, I'm trapped in the middle of this weird room in the middle of my house. So nobody can hear my two year old out there, uh, and my dog barking. And we're doing this thing right now. So Jamie will have enough time to edit it and get it out. So yeah, priorities, but I will be there this weekend, Jenny. So, uh, and thanks for everybody for doing these questions, man. This was kind of a cool little little thing. I hope that we didn't hope that we maybe answered a couple of your questions, but this was neat. We're we're somewhat knowledgeable. We keep up. Yeah, I'm not like a journalist by any means. I think I'm in the know more than the, the average guy. But uh but, but <laughs> you and I both have big boy jobs and we do this on the side and we hope people will like it. That's a good way to put it. Well, that being said, first pitch is about to go down, so let's shut it down. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Facebook as well. And Instagram. Go check out to the top talk on Instagram. All right. So we talked about at the top of the show. Vote for to the top talk for best local podcast in this year's best of the pine belt awards at festivalsouth.org. Couple of shout outs. All right. Shout out, of course, to college sports unfiltered.com. Shout out to Drew Wick for slinging out these tight graphics uh shout out to a uh, friend of the program another golden eagle born into the family this past week on march the 12th mara alexander coy howell daughter daughter of landon and chelsea howell landon's really active on the social media and stuff with with fan cred and the like so uh congratulations to them on the new golden eagle and hey i got a i got a shout out to a friend of mine um so his Netflix special, The Tennessee Kid, debuts on Netflix next Tuesday, March the 26th. Nate Bargatze, one of the first comics we brought to Hattiesburg. He's blown up. One of the best in the biz. If if you listen to this show and you enjoy it, I think you'll probably enjoy Nate's special. He came for Last for Life last year and absolutely murdered it. Yeah, he did. I'm so glad you brought that up. I wanted to bring it up at the beginning when you were talking about Last for Life, but, but we kind of went right into the rest of it. This is the first... 
a Netflix special comedy special I've ever looked forward to in my life. So it's the 26th, 26th, that's correct. 26th, man. Mark it on your calendars. You you will not be disappointed. This guy is clean. He's funny. He talks just like we do. He's around my age, I think, right around that 40-year-old age mark. Uh, Yeah, me and and him are the same age. Okay. About 39. Man, just watch it right now, and and just be able to tell people, like, this guy came to Hattiesburg. This guy's been to Hattiesburg, what, twice? Two or three times? Three Three times. Three times now. Yeah, three times. So, um. I can't wait, man. The funny, he's one of the funniest dudes. He's going to be like, it's going to be one of those guys where you say, that guy was in Hattiesburg? You know, and it's, and it's coming like really quick. So looking forward to that big time. I get people all the time that say, I have people like, hey, you should book Nate Bargatze. And I'm like, he's, he was like the second comic we ever booked. <laughs> like he's yeah. been here three times. <laughs> and so uh, speaking of Last for Life, be on the lookout for the announcement. Could be coming later this week. So Last for Life this year, 2019, going to take place Friday, August the 2nd at the Sanger. All right, Jason, any final words before we close it out? No, man. Let's go get them in baseball tonight and, uh, you know, set them to the top. Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We're also on Patreon as well, so be sure you check that out. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>